Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to Quote Me, a weekly podcast that seeks to encourage, inspire, and lift you up to be all you were created to be. Words are powerful. Recognizing and celebrating the impact they have on our lives can comfort or challenge us, or both at once. I'm your host, Lindsay Schlegel, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I hope we can honor the truth, beauty, and goodness of well-chosen language, and so glorify God. Let's begin. My guest today is Maura Roan McKeegan, who is the author of six Catholic children's picture books published through the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. Her books include the Old and New series, which introduces children to the concept of biblical typology. Maura is a former classroom reading teacher and a current homeschooling mom with a passion for picture books and reading aloud with children. Maura, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk children's books and Bible at the same time, two of my favorite things. So your quote comes from your favorite college professor, Barbara Kynes, and it is, enthusiasm for reading is caught, not taught. I love that. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the class that you were in when you heard that and how it stuck with you and inspired the work that you're doing? Sure. So I was an elementary education major and we had a class with Professor Kynes, Barbara Kynes. She was a retired first grade teacher and she would begin every class by taking out a picture book and reading aloud to us. And 20 college juniors would sit in a semicircle and just listen to this retired first grade teacher as she read us picture books. And it would seem, uh, it, it might seem to some like it would be a childish thing, but actually it was the most memorable thing that I took away from college. Wow. Um, and she would say, enthusiasm for reading is caught, not taught. And she proved it because everything that she read to us, every book that she read became cemented in my memory because it was this, um, her joy in picture books and her joy in reading them with us and sharing them with us was captivating and we caught it. She didn't sit and tell us how to read with children and elaborate on all these very different um, educational strategies. And I mean, she, she did some of she sure. did some educational strategies, but the biggest thing that she did is simply read with us and her joy for the books that she read and her joy for sharing them with us, with us was palpable. That's and so awesome. I always took away that quote 
uh, enthusiasm for reading was caught, not taught. And it became my motto and the something that I, I um, continue to use in teaching uh, in the classroom. And then as a homeschooling mom, it just worked its way into so many different things as I just remembered uh, how Mrs. Kynes showed us that enthusiasm for reading and really for everything is something that you you share through your joy and delight. Yeah, yes, a thousand percent. I'm, I'm remembering at some point I heard uh, Mo Willems, I don't know if I read it or I, I heard it, but he was talking about the books that he pre- creates, right? Like the pigeon books and the knuffle bunny um, and the elephant and piggy books, which we are big, big fans of around here. Um, and he said that his, you know, his work on the books is only half of it. The other half of it comes when um, most often the, the parent or the caregiver or the teacher reads it to a child. Like that's the other part that it's not just getting the words and the pictures on the page. It's then having the reader take them in. Um, so I love that he recognized that partnership and there's that you know, there's, there's a relationship in reading. It's not just words on a page. It, it's this experience and this way of connecting. Um, yes, absolutely. And it builds the relationship. Uh, you know, the relationship can start from the author sharing those words, but then the relationship also is between the, the child and the person who's reading the book to that child. So it relation, the relationship comes through the book and then builds these bonds of love and comfort and security and warmth because when we when we sit together and cuddle up on the couch with our children or you know in a in a classroom if the the children all come come around and gather around the teacher whatever the situation is if it's a grandparent reading to the grandchild those books become um, pathways of sharing love and building relationships and building bonds you know a, something that one person reads with their child can then in the next generation, the ne- that, that child can become a father and read it with his own child. And that book is, is a, a symbol and a, um, an igniter of those relationships as well. Yes. yes, it is such a joy as a parent to read the books that I loved when I was little to my kids and then tell my mom, you know, I, I just read this book to the kids. And, oh my gosh, I remember that book. You know, I, I it connects us. Um, and you've taken it to another t- totally relevant step, the relationship with God and with the word of God. Um, so when you, I, when you were in college was there was, it sounds like there was not a faith component to, I mean, you were learning in a secular way, how to teach children in a school right. setting, but you have made the, the obvious and, and, um, and natural connection that there's something deeper going on here and something, a, a deeper place that we can take. Um, concept sounds like a cold way to put it, but um, this understanding that there is a relationship in reading and in reading together, and that can take us into a connection um, with God. So can you tell us how you connected those things? Sure, yes. So um, yes, it was, a, it was a public university and there wasn't really a component um, a religious component when I was in that class, but um, what I came to understand, I, I, I taught in public schools, I taught in Catholic schools, and I would, um, and I taught older children, and I would take picture books with me wherever I went, and 
the picture books, uh, you know, the, the reaction, the response was always the same because the thing that these picture books do, and I just have a, a passion for picture books in particular because they have this way of pre presenting the world in this beautifully simple, very um, simple and profound at the same time way. And they make us, they make us all feel like children again. You know, you read, I would read picture books with junior high students. I would read picture books with high schoolers sometimes. Um, you know, our, our Mrs. Kynes read them with us as college students. And the reason we love them is they all made us feel that comfort and safety of childhood. They made us feel like children again, like all these complicated things in the world um, became simple again. And the more that I did that and read those books with, with every age, I, I came to understand that this here was a way of doing what Jesus told us to do when he told us to become like little children. You know, he said, unless you become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And this was such a simple way, just pulling a picture book off the shelf and reading it with a child was some such a simple way to become childlike. And they, the, the way that they present the world and they form our hearts and they form those relationships of love while we read them, all of these were ways to become more childlike. And then, so that was one way that I, I took this quote, this, this idea of, of reading, of uh, enthusiasm for reading, being caught, not taught, and be, becoming a work of love that we do um, when we read with children to help us become more childlike. But also, um, I, I realized too that it, in a broader sense, uh, it works for everything. <laughs> and yeah. so in, in the faith, enthusiasm for the faith in the same way is also caught, not taught. So um, when we read spiritual books with children, when we read the Bible with children, when we read um, you know, picture books about the Bible, uh, all these things um, are, are our enthusiasm and our joy for the subject and our delight in what we're reading is is catching it's a catching force and um the children you know we don't have to talk them into it yeah. when they feel our our joy for it and when they know like oh, this is something that we love they they feel that and they catch that yeah yeah and i'm thinking like when you read a picture book to a child if you're reading it well um you're not zipping through it. I mean, sometimes, you know, there's, there's, it's bedtime and you just have to go to bed because it's the third one for crying out tears, please go to bed. Um, but if you're reading it well, you're reading it slowly and you're taking time on the pages and you're looking at how the, the art interacts with the, with the, um, with the text and you're maybe doing voices or you're, you're asking questions. What do you think is going to happen next? Or, um, oh, do you see, you know, I, I love my favorite kind of picture books is when there's a, like a, a little character, like maybe the sidekick bunny or mouse or something on each page. And you have to slow down and take in each page and find it. Um, it it's different than the way I think adults, we are off kind of accustomed to reading, which is a lot of online and a lot of sound bites um, and little bits here and there. Um, it's hard. I think as a culture, we're finding it hard to sit down and read a book. Um, but I think what you're saying is it kind of goes into that, that, that you, ha you have to sit down and 
and, and give it some time and to let that joy breathe, like to really have that experience, you have to slow down. Like you said, picture books make everything simple again. Even the act of just sitting down and taking however many minutes it's going to take to read this book and to really get into it, like that's, there's something beautiful and reflective and meditative about that, that is um, missing a lot of times, I think, from, um, from culture. And I think, I mean, if I didn't have little kids right now, I don't know that I would be stopping that often to sit down and, you know, I'm racing to do this or that so often. Um, but the, the stillness that comes from that is like a holy thing in itself too. Yes. Yes. I feel like some, those are some of the holiest, um, moments of my day. And I've always felt like the, the time of reading aloud with children, uh, is a time when I feel closest to heaven. It's very close to heaven for me because I, there's just this, um, the, the childlikeness and the tenderness and the, and the relationships and the, and the quiet and stillness that you talked about, um, where we're just, it's us. I mean, you know, Jesus came as the word. And so like, as you, as you, as you have said for your show that how important words are and how they, they bring us together. And, um, I feel like a lot of parents um, might feel a lot of pressure in um, this idea that uh, how, how important it is for children to read and how important it is for their future success. And mm. sometimes that can really be paralyzing because yeah. it can help the parents can start worrying if their children don't like reading or they can feel like they have to, you know, check out what what's the particular reading level and which are the vocab words we're pulling out of this and all those things can can weigh down just the simplicity of reading so I would encourage parents to cast all those things aside like like and 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 feel free to simply read the book together without feeling like you have to stop engage ask comprehension questions or stop and ask yeah. um you know it, it make sure the children are, are catching every word or all, all these things that can, can make it almost feel like we're trying to do our homework. Yes. And instead just having the joy of the book together and just reading the book um, without being weighed down by all those things can be so freeing. Yeah. And can take that pressure off where the parent might be feeling like, oh, am I doing enough? Like it's enough. It's more yeah. than enough to just sit and read the book without having to do all these extra things. Yeah. And I'm thinking what you said earlier about um, how books can pass down through generations and those stories can connect us through generations. Um, and I'm often looking at I mean, my kids read a lot and um, trying to find books that I am comfortable with them reading and I want them to read. It's not just as simple as walking into the library as it, um, it was when I was young. Um, and and, you know, I, I read these book lists to try to figure out what's good because I can't keep up with my kids. But at the same time, as we're chatting, I'm realizing that like the best things I can give them are the ones that I read when I was younger, like the ones that stuck with me, the ones that I'm still thinking about now, the ones that I can remember where I was when I turned the last page. Um, yes. Like maybe we, there, there's I think there's a lot of great resources out there right now. Um, and I'm grateful they're there because like I said, I can't keep up. I told myself when my oldest was a baby, like, I'm going to read everything he reads. I work in children's books. This is the thing I will do. <laughs> he got to be like five. And I was like, I can't, you're reading too much. Yeah. It's too much. Um, 
but, but there's, there are so many good books out there and there's so many things. I think you're right that there are so many things we get out of a book and vocab is one of them and comprehension and all these things are important, but they're not the only thing. Sometimes it's just the relationship. Um, like we read, we've read, um, we read books out loud, not, not every night, but you know, often enough we'll read one. Um, and then maybe get through part of a series and then we take a little break so everyone can read their own books at bedtime. But those stories that we read together and the the understanding that, that we have as a family of those characters we can say, oh, that's just like Jane or, um, you know, stopping such a marshmallow, things like that, that are like they're part of our family culture. And I'm just so grateful for that as part of um, our family's life. It's like a very easy thing to do. We go to the library, we get a book. We're not paying anything for it. We're not. Um, yeah, often like not trying to make it more than it is. Just let's sit down and spend time together on this story. And it's um, one of my favorite things to do with the kids. And I'm hoping, like you said, it's one of the going to be one of the things that sticks with them as they grow up too. Yes. And sharing our favorite books is like sharing our favorite, our friends. There's this friendship that happens with, with us when we love a book. And then this friendship that when we give that to the children and we're sharing our friends and they become friends with those characters. And right. Um, it's just such a, a, a way of expanding our family yeah. <laughs> relationships with so, the authors too. And we share our, our favorite authors. And, and uh, Yes. And it's, it's, it's been, you know, some, there are some books I've shared with my kids and I'm like, I love this. And my kids like, that was okay. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's okay. <laughs> you don't have to yes. love it. And then there's other ones that they do love and it's so much fun. Um, but you have to, I realize I have to give my kids that space that they're not going to like all the books that I liked. Um, and sometimes they're going to be at stages or in moods where the thing that mom suggests is not going to be the thing that they're interested in. Um, in which case we have a godparent suggest the same book and that's been effective. <laughs> yes. And as what, what, what happens with me sometimes is I've, I have this like wonderful memory of a book from my childhood and I'll pull it out and we'll start reading it together. And sometimes we'll be like, oh, actually, this isn't as good as I thought it was at all. <laughs> I just, for some reason, I loved it when I was little, but I don't like it anymore. And that yeah. freedom to just be like, you know what? There's way too many good books. Like, yeah. we're just going to set this one aside and read something we actually love. There's just so many yeah. books in the world, like to have to spend time with books that we, that, that are boring or dry. Yes. That, and our kids are growing up in a different culture to some degree than we did. So they're going to need and want and desire kind of different, maybe different themes, or they have different questions they want to explore and that kind of stuff. So there's all these things we have to consider. Um, we are almost out of time, but before we go, I want to just hear a little bit about how um, you put biblical typology into children's books. We have a couple of your old and new books and they are fabulous. My kids love them. I love them. I learn new things as I'm reading them. So can you just give us like the the brief version of how biblical typology fits into picture books. Sure. So um, when I first heard about biblical typology, I was a grad student. So um, I, and I immediately thought of all the Bible stories that I loved reading in picture books when I was younger. That was like my main way of learning Bible stories was through picture books. And I thought, uh, you know, it would be so cool to put a picture book where the Old and New Testaments are connected and yeah. I just dreamed of that immediately because I was a teacher and I love picture books and I wanted to share this with children so um in the picture books I dreamed of this series where one uh one event or figure from the old testament and one event or figure from the new testament 
would be put side by side. Yes. And so the book, uh, you know, over uh, about 10 years later was when the first book came out. And the format is that uh, each of the old and new series books, the first one is Adam and Eve and Jesus and Mary. And so the Adam and Eve are on one side and Jesus and Mary are on the other side. And it's a parallel a parallelism where all the stories are told in parallel in tandem and the children can see the connections without um, without the adults having to point them out yes. because of the way that it's set up for them to discover the connections on their own. Yeah. And then they can see how, as St. Augustine said, the Old Testament, the New Testament lies hidden in the old and the old is unveiled in the new. And they can see how, how they, um, how they relate. Yeah. And then you take that kid to mass and the kid hears one of those, either one of them and says, Oh, I know how that connects to the other one. And it's amazing. Cause like you, I did not know this kind of stuff until I was an adult. Um, and my kids are already putting the connections together, um, which is such a blessing and such a gift. Um, rather than thinking the Bible is a bunch of stories that don't really seem to connect or make sense. And I'm not sure why this piece connects to this piece. Um, and you've drawn those connections in a way yeah, like you said, the, the kids can just put it together and see it. You don't have to explain it to them. As they get older, you can, I mean, my older kids, I can talk about that stuff with them um, and, and draw some, you know, go a little deeper, but the foundation is already there, which is such a gift. Um, so we're going to link to all of your books in the show notes. Um, you also have one of the Adam and Eve and Jesus and Mary one. I also have linked um, the Spanish version, which I think is fabulous. Um, so we've got a bunch of your books linked there. Um, and I hope our reader, our listeners, who well, I hope our readers too, um, will go check some of those out. They're great for gifts. They're great, um, like baptism gifts or Godchildren gifts or Christmas gifts. Um, and really just a great thing to have on your shelf because, um, parents are going to learn a lot right along with the kids. So we have to wrap it up there, but thank you so much for spending time with me and for the great and beautiful work that you do. Pleasure being here. I really have, uh, it's been a delight. Thank you. Listeners, as always, to suggest a quote or a guest, follow the show on Instagram, quote me underscore podcast, or contact me at my website, lindsayschlegel.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review wherever you find your shows, and tell a friend. Until next time, God bless you. This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you.